for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Now that planning for the 2021 elk season is on the radar, we've been getting lots of questions about guided versus DIY hunts. Would learning from a guide be better for our first-timer, or would I have more success doing that? Can I afford it? What are the cost differences? Which one would we recommend? What is the difference between a guide and an outfitter? Can I get a guide on public land? So tonight, we're going to have a conversation for both sides of the fence and answer your questions and talk about the pros and cons. Those topics, along with our Elk Bro shout outs. So my friends, pull up a chair, adjust your volumes just right, and welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting, brought to you by ElkGrows.com, with your host, Gilbert Ornelas and Elk Hunting Coach Joe Gilly. You want to hunt elk, and they live to hunt elk. Their goal is to share with you what they have learned grinding it out for over 35 seasons, doing what they love. So come on into camp and set a spell. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunters. Hello there, everyone. If it's your first time with us, glad to have you. Hope you enjoy our show. And for those blue-collar hunters following our show and grinding out with us every week, welcome back to Elk Camp. I'm Gilbert Ornelas, the host of your show, coming to you from Deer Camp 2020 out here in South Texas. Uh, and uh, from Katy, <laughs> Texas, the Venezuelan Mafia guys are, are in the house, Luis Gonzalez and Manuel Grataron and your elk hunting coaches from Cimarron, New Mexico, Joe Gillia and Leroy Chad Chavez. Man, I like the order. I like the order that he picks to to talk about the Venezuela. There he, he goes. Puts, he puts it in the right order. You know. So. There he goes. Gilbert, you it sound like you're matter. on the other on the other side of the moon, bro. I feel like I'm like uh, watching uh, Apollo 11 or something. Where are you, man? <laughs> 
I'm dedicated, fellas. I mean, when you got the the mafia blowing up and we got some cool things to to be talking about here, I wasn't gonna miss a podcast to come out here and, and chat it up with my brothers. Uh, and we're here at Deer Camp 2020. There's been a lot of stuff hitting the ground. Joe's got a ton of video from, I'm gonna talk, call it right now, the triple A camera guy right here. <laughs> Man, how quickly this, this escalated quickly. It went to camera A stuff to double A over the weekend, and now no, we're triple A. Triple A. <laughs> hey, when, you film, when you film a South Texas slam all in one set, that's pretty good stuff, man. And I mean, quality good stuff had had the hero shot and the track and everything else, man. It was really cool. And I got to say, my son's done a really good job putting a little bit of that stuff together, sending it to Joe, my son, Logan. We're going to call him Master Logan from here on out. He's not <laughs> Mr. Logan. He's Master Logan. So <laughs> at the end of the day, the kid's been unreal with the bow, Joe. It's about time man. we get that young man in front of a big bull elk. What do you say, Joe? Oh, that's uh, that's when we know right there because I tell you right now, he's got ice water in his veins. I mean, I'm I watch this kid cool as a cucumber and spot on. I mean, he is just terror. You, you, you I said it on Instagram, and I want to be like Logan when I grow up. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Look, dude. He wants to. Be- he wants to be like y'all. He tells me all the time, man, one day I'm going to be as good as Manano and Luis with that bow, Dad. He way surpassed us many years before we even started, man. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, so he he's got the tried learning, right? Man, yeah. he did. He got the South Texas Slam. I pulled it off last year. Uh, I, I killed a hog, a deer, and a turkey all in one set. That's kind of been the coin the, south texas slam i told him i said man we can get it done and when he killed the hog early is in the dang flat flashlight dark right and uh so i said well that's that's one third of the south texas slam then we had some deer come in and they blew out on us real quick and uh then all of a sudden uh when they blew out on us these 15 tom turkeys came in so he shot the turkey and then he's like i need the deer to come back I, I turned and looked to the left, and the deer were working their way back in. I said, well, get your stuff ready, son. The slam oh. is on. I said, get your stuff ready. That deer walked in. He said, Dad, I'm going to go ahead and take him. He put him vacillating back and forth on this three-year-old seven-point. And, you know, Logan was like, I can't tell if he's two. I can't tell if he's three. I'm like, look, man, he ain't never going to be what we want him to be. So go ahead and dust him and complete your slam. And that's exactly what Tell you what, Beto, I mean, I guarantee you there is very few people that have done the slam in one hunt, in one sit down. Uh, So it's pretty impressive, man. And And free ranging, free ranging as well. I want to make sure everybody understands, man. I mean, when he says one set, I mean, that's that's one sit in waiting in that day. Because, honest to God, man, at first when you said he got the slam, I I knew he got – get this. He got a pig and a turkey the day before. Before. That's right. Yeah, I thought thought the same thing. I thought – you know, he, got he was talking about day. having it the day before yeah. and then the deer the next day. But then right. what we found out is all in one in a matter of, what, f- four or five hours? Well, I was getting ready. Yeah. 
So I was like yeah. getting ready to chew Gilbert out, man, because I was like, "Oh, come on, dude! You you kept that pig in the turkey from the day before without gutting just to go take a photograph." I mean, I was uh, I was like living. Then a... that's amazing. And, and one of yeah. the, one of the things that that called my attention you mentioned in the video that was that you have been hunting all your life, and and. Hunting with your kids, it's a whole different deal. What was your uh, feeling about it when 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 you were there early in the morning and that stand? Oh, I got, I got, I got. You're gonna I have to wait until your kid is old enough, Manan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, I'm gonna say it's a whole different, it's a whole different, different set of vitalakis, man. Yeah. I mean, seriously. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm trying to be cool, hand Luke with the camera. You know, I got a bow sitting there too, and. I, I pretty much told him that once he got the first part of the slam out of the way with this, the hog, he center punched that hog in the dang flashlight, right? And, uh, I mean, center punched him. And I'm like, well, man, this could happen, dude. And, I mean, so he shot that hog at about 6.30 in the morning. It was dark. And then he killed, yeah, it was dark. And then he killed the, the turkey at about 7.45, 8 o'clock. And then he killed the buck at, like, 8.15. Well, so, I mean, um, he, he, so killed the, he killed the – he killed the turkey and the buck seven minutes apart. And that that's wow. that's the thing I was going to say that was most impressive to me. I mean, I saw the shots. The shot he put on that deer was just perfect, man. I bet that deer mm -hmm. didn't go 30 yards, you know. And, Less uh, than that. Yeah, 25. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and We watched but, him fall in sight. But the shot on that turkey, because if anybody's never shot a turkey, man, I mean, you've got to know exactly where you're shooting. And that first bird that he shot died right yeah. there. I mean, I just missed one this weekend. Yeah. A turkey. Yeah. Got all feathers. You know, yeah. and that's yeah. the other thing. Look, Chab, I don't know if you're, you were in the same situ situation I was, but I couldn't work, man, because my phone kept blowing up with photo of of a kill after photo of a kill between, between Luis and the Ornelas assassins. Oh, yeah. my Lord. Luis, how many animals did you kill this weekend, man? Or this he, week? He went all I harvested I harvested six animals. Oh. And a rattlesnake. Oh, I, I, I got two I got two hogs. Two hogs. Um in an undisclosed location, uh, <laughs> yes. uh, two hogs. Gotcha. We got gotcha. we got uh, uh, two two deer and two javelinas. Oh, I forgot the rattlesnake. Oh, yeah. Rattlesnake. Well, I did get a rattlesnake too. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ooh, scare, oh, scare but me. I was disappointed. The rattlesnake wasn't a bow kill. It was. It was not. Um, <laughs> I wasn't. I yeah. It uh, right. No, it's I don't like snakes. <laughs> if, if, uh, hey, don't how about it. that? Uh, how about that shot Gilbert got on the on the eyeball? Oh, <laughs> it looked like an eyeball shot. <laughs> Did the pig just drop right there? The pig no just dropped. Yeah, hey, need it. So no, hey, listen, don't don't need no tracking. Logan was sitting up there with me, and he said, "Dad, he said, are you going to shoot that pig in the head?" I said, "I'm a, I told Luis I'm shooting a pig in the head, and I'm going to kill that pig in the head, dude." I shot that hog, and it drove that broadhead through the skull of the hog, and through the bottom jaw of the other side, and was sticking wow. out on the bottom side of the jaw. I mean, oh, and I shot him at, thir at 35 yards. 
35 yards. And, uh, you know, they don't sit still. You know, they they constantly move yeah, it around yeah. and everything, yeah. man. So, yeah, it's stony. <laughs> man, I mean, he was going nuts. Logan forgot to push record, so he's cameraman B right now. Oh, that's D, man. That's D when you can get to record. That's D. That's D, man. Okay, so if that's D, then 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 what happens when you are on the phone with your wife and not filming? Oh man, that's like that's a a little mistake. It's a little mistake. I mean, you just said that he forgot to push record. At least he was attempting to record, but that was D. So what? How does that? you know put you uh against that uh <laughs> that level there hey i gotta tell you joe it's been warm down here in south texas y'all can see man the vacru camo been repping it uh the guys up here at the ranch really love it uh you know they all asking for it and everything i wore mine today uh, when i was hunting it's hot it's 85 86 degrees and man you know this stuff it really takes good care of us you saw logan in the in the yeah, promos and that was awesome. he had his Vacru camo awesome. on, so you, you know, our to all our listeners out there, get on the web page, man, and order you some camo. This stuff's really good in the warm country down here in well, the, the south. Now, the problem is, is, is up still, north. yeah, I don't the, think we're still. Uh, yeah, no, th- that's the problem is they they're not able to order it yet. But as soon as we're done with the season here, we're going to get back and get that back on there so they can get it before the next elk. Season. I, I had a, a few people this weekend um, also asking about it. Yeah. Joe. Yeah, and you know, uh, we'll have some conversations about Vakru in another one because there's some things that I that I want to think about as well on that. But we'll we'll get there. And speaking of things on the site, um, you remember last time and last week we had a listener that said that they wanted to be able to buy a gift card for Christmas to give to somebody for our um, right. base camp training camp. Well, y'all. Base so you have training. it on the on your webpage, Joe. It is on the site, man. Yeah. You go there now. You can you can. I saw get, it today. Give a gift that keeps on giving, man. If you're looking for a gift for a favorite elk buddy, friend, family member, uh, you can now go and you can purchase the base camp training camp on a gift card. It sends it to them on, it'll mail it to them on any day that you want it mailed to them, or you can uh, have it go to you and then send it to them. All they have to do is push the redeem button on their email. It takes them right to the site. They go through and they have a year membership. And so it, uh, it works out great. It's a great gift. I mean, I never I never thought about it, but if if you're not able to think about the greatest gift you can give to anybody knowledge. And is, is knowledge, whether that is our camp, whether you're going to Elk 101, whether you're going to the Elk Collective, whether you're going to Chris Rose Resources, whether you're going to the Elk Nut, I have just listed some of the top resources out there for you guys that, honestly, gosh, man, you know, we're talking tonight about DIY, and we're talking about guided um, guided hunts, and that's one thing that really comes into that. So, and for some of you guys that are hearing some background noise over there, I want you to know that Manano, uh, his family, his wife is due any time with baby number two. Yeah, and, yeah. He it. and, and he's putting the got, Christmas tree. He's got little Tomas there in the other room that's just uh, loving that Christmas tree, and and you wouldn't hear that except for I suggested for him to have a headset to purchase, and uh, huh. uh, he he de- he decided to go with a cheaper version that we tested today. Yeah, and I lost my money. 
<laughs> oh, <that's my> money. <laughs> hey, it's only money. You get some more tomorrow. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, one other announcement. Uh, yes, big guys, announcement. I am proud. Uh, if you look at the hat here, um, yeah, buddy. I am proud to say that um, Outdoor Edge is the official knife of the Elk Bros. And if you want to know what that means, you know. Yeah. <laughs> What does it what does it take to be an official product for us? Look, there are tons of products that we as a group have Endorsed. used over the years or we found something that we've used and we love it. But I mean it's gotta be things that we believe in, something that we use, that we believe in, that's tough, it's a quality product at a great price point. This is our philosophy, this is our grinder philosophy, and most of all, it's things that we use because it gets the job done, it's dependable, and we count on it. And, you know, we take those products, and we've had conversations with people of the stuff we use. And, man, I tell you, I'm real proud uh, to ha be associated, to have the Elk Bros associated with Outdoor Edge. Because, uh, I, man, just on my last guide trip, I, <laughs> I cleaned an elk and a buffalo with the same blade on that thing. And, and me? My favorite, I, I love the light, man. I like the razor light. I like that short blade. Um, I like being up inside of an animal where I'm not able to see, and I know that I don't have a blade that's going to cut me, and the grip on it is yeah. so great. Uh, it's yeah. just super. So And, look, uh, I, I really enjoy – look, they're, they're excellent knives, Joe. Um, you know, Manano and I were talking about that the other day. Manano's like, man, I've, I've had – Manano, right? Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of different knives, and I've seen a lot of animals, and, and this is by far one of the best uh, knives I've ever had. Well, you know? way and, before uh, – Way, way before um, we've, you know, we have shown photos. We've shown us using it way before it became our official knife. Yeah, yeah that's true. I, I sent yeah. it. I sent one to each one of you guys for a, gris, a Christmas yes. gift. Man. Christmas gift last yeah. year. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. One and of one of the things I really like is, is, is the way the simplicity of the replacement of the blade Yep. Because we've had other knives that, man, they're great knives as well, but it's just, you know, it's kind of iffy the way you kind of insert and take those blades out, man. And it's just like, it's, it's kind of well, not I've, as, it's easy to get cut. I've had blades on me on other replaceables that have broken when I'm inside an animal. And, and oh, yeah, absolutely. you know, the way that the structure of what I call the backbone of the outdoor edge is, I don't have that problem. It's rigid. It's solid. It's just a, it's all the way around. And here, so let's move on from that. Uh, you know, oh, if you guys are ever looking, and I'm going to tell you something about that too. Outdoor Edge has a site. And if you want to go online to buy that knife and get that knife for the same pr price that you would get in one of their retail stores, uh, because I'll tell you, Outdoor Edge does not try to undersell their their uh, people that sell their knives. But you can go on, you can use Elk Bros 30 and get a 30% discount. Elk Bros 30. That's awesome, on the Joe. online yeah. store, man. Okay? So that, that's the whole thing. And I want you guys to know that. Giving back to our listeners. Absolutely. When, when we did this with Outdoor Edge, it was with the point that I wanted them to understand. We will do this relationship if our grinders are going to benefit. And that's the whole idea of it. And, um, you know, 
Uh, we're still using the knives. They're going to use us to field test the knives. There's no other kind of monies involved in that. It's something that we believe in, and we want you guys to uh, be able to benefit from, okay? Because everything we've done has been about the listener. In fact, if you guys have been listening to our show, you know we're counting down to our 100th episode, right? It's a big show, Joe. The 100th episode. It's coming, man. And um, we, we, guys, we have really been thinking about how to include you, our listeners, as a way to say thank you for your support. And, in fact, the we were doing the thing about getting letters from two listeners. That ended uh, by the show. It's already over, and uh, we are now in the selection process of selecting two listeners from those letters that will be joining us on our 100th. But <laughs> even though we're no longer accepting those letters, uh, we have figured out another way that you guys – as many of you as you want can be part of the show. Look, if you listen to the show, you know that our shout-outs are something special that we do to pay tribute to you guys, the listeners, to, to keep it personal. So check this out. We want any and all of you to be part of the celebration shout-outs on our 100th episode. And here's how you do it. Get that cell phone. I don't care where you're at. You can choose wherever your background is. I don't care if you're in your in your house, in your backyard. It does not matter. We want you to take a 10 to 15 second video <laughs> of yourself. Look, absolutely close. Keep your clothes on, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and we want well, you. We want you to tell us your name and where you're from. So if you want to include, you know, home of the whatever line in the 15 seconds, you know, I'm going to say, I'm Joe Gillia from Cimarron, New Mexico, home of the Fighting Rams. If you want to do that, do it, whatever it takes. It's not going to take very long. Send that clip, take that clip, email it to joe at elkbros.com. And we're going to combine all of those clips to be our uh, shout-outs on that hundred. That episode. is very cool, oh, Joe. That's now, a great I'll idea, tell you what. Joe. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm. Uh, you know. I'm going to be on the podcast because if I was a listener, uh-huh. the the with the clothes on would have been a deal breaker. For oh me. my gosh! No kidding. <laughs> oh. every, every time I call this dude, I, look. From now on, I'm not going to do video with you, Luis. Every time we do a video <laughs> chat, man, the dude's naked. <laughs> Ooh, I'm not naked. I just don't have a shirt, man. That's, That's nasty, it. man. That's from nasty. The, it's kind of like the news guys. It, it doesn't matter what's happening, but from the waist uh, up, that kind of sets the tone, man. If you wear yeah, yeah. right? You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad y'all can't see from the waist down right now. <laughs> That's good, right? <laughs> Oh my goodness, man! <laughs> That's a cool hey, idea, Joe. Good. I love it. I, it I think it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I think it's gonna it's be, gonna be fantastic. We got some other things. Some other surprises are going to happen. And, um, you know, well, like I said, we're working on some giveaways we're going to do. You're going to get some Elk Bros gear that's going to be given away. Um, we're going to be yeah. giving away some uh, subscriptions to our academy. We got some knives. And I want everybody to see this. I'm going to give a shout-out right right away. Um, a gentleman, an incredible gentleman named Tracy Henry. 
And if you have ever heard of Henry Knives, this is not the Henry Knives that you're thinking about. Tracy has listened to our show. He's communicated with me several, a lot. I mean, we kind of go back and forth and doing some little chats and stuff. We're pretty much an open book here at Elk Bros, y'all. And Tracy one day showed me a design for a knife, and uh, he said, you know, what do you think of this? And I was like, well, I'm not too much of a fan of that type of point. And, and come to find out, Tracy wanted to make me a knife. I was like, I felt so bad, man, that I told him that. And he goes, well, I think somebody would like it. And I was like, you know what, dude, Um, you know, we've got our 100th. I'm sure there are people that would love, you know, to have a custom knife. And, and he was like, I would be honored. And let me tell you what, Tracy Henry, I know you're listening to this. And you say that you are honored to help us out. Let me tell you what, I am more than honored, bud, uh, that somebody would, would, create a custom knife and if you guys are on youtube you Very can see nice. this this is a henry custom knife that he made for us i believe this is an idaho walnut i believe like a black walnut and Beautiful. he gave the best deal ever he's a machinist by trade Please. not a knife maker and he created this and this knife is going to go to one of our lucky l listeners um, on our 100th oh. episode with some other really cool stuff. So that's one of the cats out of the bag. I just I just had to give Tracy a, a shout-out, man. It was just Absolutely. I'm so Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Tracy. We appreciate you. Absolutely. Yeah, Mr. Henry. Joe, well, you guys got to know what time it is. Shout it's out. time shout for out. the Elk Rose shout-out. Shout if you're new to our show, these are just shout-outs to a few cities with the most listeners. Topping our charts nice. this week, Joe. All right, so starting off, this historic village is located in the eastern foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains near the Shenandoah State Park. The town was named in 1796 by the Virginia General Assembly and is nicknamed the first Washington of them all. <clears throat> the town itself was surveyed by George Washington in 1747 at an age of 17 years old. George Washington himself designed the town's small urban plan and named all the streets. Washington, Virginia. Washington, ah. Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> so the president, the first president of this nation at 17 years old designed this town's urban plan <laughs> and named all the streets. Unbelievable. Man. Manana, what were you doing at 17 years old? <laughs> 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 well, could you imagine well, 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 what Manana would have named the streets at 17? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's I terrible. Mean, I said, there ain't nothing we can talk about. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, at 17, I, I mean, I'd have been naming it, I don't know, man, all kinds of my, like my pizza street. It would have been crazy. Chav. Okay, next up. This city produces 175 different agricultural crops is known as the North American Winter Vegetable Capital of the United States. The name comes from the Spanish word humo. Did I say that right? Yeah. <laughs> Meaning smoke, because the local Ketchan natives would create smoke clouds in order to induce rain. Uh, big shout out to Yuma, Arizona. 
Yuma, Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's cool. You know, uh, if you live in Arizona, you're going to try to figure some way to get some rain to happen. <laughs> so, and, and I, smoke. I need to go back one second to Washington, Virginia, because y'all, Lake Stevens, Washington, you know, we keep talking about Lake Stevens. And let me tell you what, Lake Stevens has gone from, you know, we have a top 10 <laughs> list of listeners of top listening cities all time. And of course, you know, you have Dallas at the top, you have Denver this next, you got like Chicago, those ones there. And Lake Stevens, months ago wasn't even on that list they are now fifth getting ready to close into fourth on the list i'm listening and (laughs) this last week washington virginia was right behind lake stevens and top listens all you know so that was uh for the week It, it was way cool so i just wanted again i don't know what people are doing because this next one that manano's getting ready to talk about i think a lot of these places are like man we're going to get on the top <laughs> we're going to get on the shout outs man so it's pretty cool <laughs> there here you go here we go okay uh another first for the show as this top listening city come from across the pond the city takes its name either from the color of the soil or from the bleakness of its situation. An urban myth is that the city's name could come from the 1665 plague of the Black Death of the mid-14th century. This area is the starting point of the London Marathon. And this is Blackheath, London, England. Blackheath, London, England. That's so cool, dude. <laughs> hey. So cool. so cool. Yeah. Hey, uh, you guys, man, in England, man. <laughs> Way cool. That is yeah. so cool, man. Way to yeah. represent across the yeah. pond. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's across the pond right there, y'all. That's, that's a big All across pond. the big pond. Yeah. Okay. And, and if you guys hear our family back there in the back, look, this is our family. I mean, that's what we're about as family. So enjoy it while you yeah. can hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Up next, this unincorporated community that was founded along the banks of the San Francisco River and was originally an old stagecoach stop. The Catwalk National Recreation Trail is just outside of town, which the one-mile catwalk was erected along the walls of a steep canyon and once connected a pipeline to several gold mines in the near in the nearby Mangayan Mountains. And this is in none other. This is cool, man. I'm just so glad to see this. Glenwood, New Mexico. Glenwood Ooh. in the house. Man, <laughs> New Mexico representing. Heck yeah. Look at them showing out, Joe. Absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Where is Glenwood located, Joe? Uh, in the Manion, that's that's down in southern New Mexico, down in the hills, down in there, right? Yeah, it's near Silver City. Yeah. Silver City area. Okay. Oh, I feel like we've talked about the Mogollon Mountains before yes. here on the yeah. show. Well, we talked about yeah. the tribe, and we talked about the pottery. The tribe. You know, the tribe, the, tribe. that predates yeah. man <laughs> way back. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, guys. Next up, this city that lies along the Tonawanda River is named for the Latin term, bitue, 
So, which is a region in the Netherlands and honors only Dutch land developers. Early. It's home to the Muck Dogs and a minor league baseball team in the New York, Pennsylvania League and affiliated of Miami of the Miami Marlins. It's also known as the birthplace of Western New York in Batavia, New York. New York Batavia. in the house, man. New York, so New York, Batavia, New York. Wonder yeah. what that means. It just I don't like Latin. Latin. Yeah, two way. But two Latin, way, yeah. Two way. I thought you spoke Latin, man. No, I don't speak Latin. No. <laughs> you know lawyers? Lawyers write Latin? Do you know that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, no, no, you don't even know how to write, do you? <laughs> do, you do you know why lawyers write in, in Latin? Why? To charge more. <laughs> no. <laughs> I believe that. I believe that, brother. Oh, my goodness, man. Hey, it's so, it's kind of like, like, you know why divorce is expensive? Why is that? Because yeah. it's worth it. Are we? Is this is this like a new segment of the show where we just put out good jokes out there after the shout out, Joe? Is that something developing here? I just I just want it to be on record. I want it to be on record that I did not think that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you know Rhett's going to win. I just wanted you did, you did struggle uh, keeping up a straight face. Uh, you did struggle uh, a little bit. Chav, you heard me, right? So we, yeah. it's on record. Chav is no hobby. <laughs> All right, guys, tonight's topic, man. Let's get these people to something that they came for here. They've <laughs> yeah. heard enough of us tonight. No kidding. And, uh, to, you know, tonight's topic is um, we've had so many questions come in, and this happens all the time. And, and guys are like about guided hunts or DIY, do-it-yourself hunts. And, you know, one thing I want to put out there right away, and for those people that are listening, is that when it comes to both both of them, when it comes to guided and do-it-yourself hunts, they both have some common misconceptions. And in in areas of costs, in areas of success, in areas of what the hunt's going to look like. I think both of these have a lot of variable because, guys, look, not all guided hunts, not all do-it-yourself hunts look alike. There's so many variables that can actually either separate the two on two ends on a lot of areas or actually bring them closer in a lot of ways. And and what I mean in a lot of ways is they can start getting closer as far as cost, as far as preparation, as far as hunt areas. There's there's a lot of things to take there. And and as well, before we get this started off, there's also that you got there's considerations for non resident <clears throat> and resident guys that and gals that are different um, because license tag costs and travel distance and costs create that factor of separation uh, between the two and and which we'll talk about a little bit more so what we're going to do is I've, we've put together some questions here about this and I think it's perfect because I, I told people we're going to talk from both sides of the fence and so that people understand um, we have a unique situation in, in our group in that 
um, I met all of these guys as clients first. So these guys have been on guided hunts, but in a different format. And, and they've been on guided hunts in a lot of formats. So they can really speak to that. I myself have guided a lot of hunts, but I have never been on a guided hunt myself. Chav um, has never been or paid for a guided hunt. <laughs> you know, we, we've always been together. So, uh, you know, that, that's where we've got a lot of different viewpoints that we can give you on this. So let's get into this discussion. And the, the first thing that a lot of you guys need to know is because I have people that will call me and say, and, and they say, I would like for you to guide me. And this is not only in New Mexico, but in a lot of states that the people have to understand the difference between a guide and an outfitter, right? Because the guide is just that. He's the one that are boots on the ground, that's taking the hunters, that are taking them out there. The outfitter is the one who actually goes in contract with hunters. Guides in New Mexico are not able to sell hunts directly or to work directly with a client. Clients have to go through an outfitter. And that's the same way in a lot of states. And I would make sure to check the laws in any state before I hire somebody as a guide. So I, I, I wanted I wanted to get that out there first of all. Okay. Now the first question is, and guys we'll let you guys head this was would learning from a guide be better for a first timer? How do y'all feel about that one? So when I when I took my first elk hunt it was definitely with a guide. And uh, I, th I think it was uh, better for me. Uh, I typically learn quick uh, from if I can see it done. Uh, if I, I'm just kind of that way. I could have, you know, I was given that hunt as a gift. Um, and for me, it just, I knew, I didn't know the country. Uh, I knew I wanted to hunt a bull elk and I uh, didn't know how to call. Uh, so for me, I, I had the, the means to within to hire a guide and I, or a, an outfitter. Uh, I made a couple of phone calls to some guys who were really big time elk hunters that I knew uh, from one of my taxidermists that told me about it. And uh, I mean, I got in touch with the real deal uh, in the late Carl Gamage. So at the end of the day, um, I feel like I hit a home run when I got, to, got in contact with him and what led to me being in contact with you, Joe. Um, right. Yeah. Right. So for me, for me, yes, I feel like it is better to uh, have a guide with you. Yeah. I, I personally think uh, absolutely right, Beto, but my, my perspective, it would be depending on your uh, level of experience on that particular hunt for that species. species. Like if you yeah. are the son of a hunter that's been hunter elk all life, yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, yeah, a DIY you probably already have the knowledge and know the area and you may not need a guide because you have the knowledge. But I mean, if you're, if you're wanting to learn uh, uh, to hunt a specific species that you've never uh, hunted before and you're going into an area that you don't know, I think you're doing yourself a disfavor not to 
you know, a tryout with somebody that knows the area and knows the animal and understands their behavior. But can you mitigate that? I mean, you can absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, it's not. Yeah. As, we're not saying it's 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 it's. We're Over. asking what which one is better. Right. And my answer would no. be it would be better if you have a guide. But if we are asking, yeah. you know, can can you do it the other way? Yeah, you you can mitigate it, and we've all of our previous shows, I think, can lead you to, and we've seen hunters that have sent us pictures of animals that they have harvested and doing DIY for the first time, which I find incredible because I know how difficult it is. And I went, I've been hunting through you guys with the best guides in the world in my mind, you know? So, I mean, and still I don't see myself as a person that would just kind of go out there by myself and, and kill an elk by myself. I mean, it was like, wow. So when I see that, it's, it's incredible. Now, it's not impossible, but if you have the advantage of guides to kind of put you in the right path and, and teach you about the behaviors and all this stuff, absolutely take advantage of it. Look, I, I would say this, Joe. I, I would say this, Joe. You got to do your homework, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. You, need, you need to really do your homework and get references. And, uh, you know, the guys that I got my reference from, these guys are salt of the earth, man. I've known them for a long time. They would not tell me to use somebody. They know that I've, you know, all of us work extremely hard for our, our money that we've saved up. I mean, it takes a long time to save money up to go on an elk hunt. They're not cheap, especially a guided one, you know. Um, so, I mean, you're going to spend, you know, anywhere from four to $15,000 on an, on an outfitted hunt. I mean, they're right. just a, the, the range of it is huge. Right, right, Joe. Yeah, so absolutely. you need to make sure you do your. You got to make sure you do your due diligence. You know, you guys got any questions? Please send us some info, or you know, text us, or or whatever we can, and we'll try to help you as well to make sure you know that you guys are on the right track and finding somebody that can help you in your area. Yes. Well, so, uh, uh, in, in in my opinion, uh, I believe I mentioned in the last podcast uh, that I feel. Like uh, I graduated out, out of a uni, a hunt, uh, uh, some sort of a university of hunting. Right. Uh, uh, I believe I would have been able to harvest an elk without without any guidance. I mean, without any guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was. Uh, uh, I'm. I'm still a uh, a rookie hunter. Uh, but, elk hunter. Uh, Elk hunter, yes, yeah, but without, I mean, in 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 my opinion, it'll be way better going in a guide hunt. But uh, but I because okay. you can do it yourself, of course. But like Betos mentioned, yeah, you have to do your homework to be able to do it yourself. Well, I think there's another uh, option that's not being talked about yet, and that's a mentor, um, where. You know, and, and, and there is there is another another point, Joe. Uh, having the opportunity to go to the academy, mm-hmm. uh, that's that is huge. It's a great content. Uh, that's gonna that's gonna give you an uh, not not even an idea. That's gonna give you the the base the, the foundation of the elk hunting. You will be able to uh, you will be able to harvest. Definitely, you will be able sure. to har- to harvest an elk without doing your doing it yourself, 
if you go through the the whole academy content. So if you guys were a first-time hunter and you were able to latch on to a Leroy Chavez as a mentor to take you out there in the hill, even now, if you, you know, I imagine Gilbert has some buddies that are like, well, I'd like to go uh, elk hunting. You don't think that Gilbert could show somebody the ropes? I mean, if you Absolutely. had somebody in the family, it's the first time. So, Absolutely. Uh, I, you know, are they a guide? Um in, in a lot of ways, what, what is that definition? Because I can tell you that there's all kinds of guides. There's, there's guides that hunt a piece of property, and they know that property really well. They don't necessarily have to know the animal that well because right. they know the property so well, right? And then there's guides that um, guide people on in areas that they don't know so well because they don't spend a lot of time there, but mm -hmm. those guys know the animals really, really well. Yeah. So their, their skill set is so good at guiding somebody how to get on an animal. So you have kind of like two different deals there. And I, I think that, I think there's some, man, there's some vets out there that yeah. have been hunting for years that some of these young people are, or first timers, and they have to be young people. You can be doggone 50, 60 doing your first elk hunt. And if you find out that there's somebody that uh, is willing to take you and mentor you, that's a huge... I, I agree. I agree, Joe, because I think, I think that's probably uh, the best option, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it's because of, and it will depend on the relationship which you have with that mentor, right. uh, of course. But, you know, if that's a good, solid friendship, then it just makes the whole experience uh, way better. Look, I've been blessed to have all four of you as mentors. And, uh, you know, I, I look back four or five years ago and uh, I'm like, holy crap, you know, it's just unbelievable all that I have learned from all of you guys, you know, and blessed that you know i get to continue to share those moments and experiences with you and continue to learn from you guys so yes absolutely that is the best the best option if you know of somebody that you appreciate respect and admire and you know want to learn from them on how they hunt and are able to go with them um man that's that's gold right now, there do it i i i want to i want to how, how do you, in parentheses, you always say, Luis, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want people to understand, too, is that you can also end up with a mentor that has, um, I don't know how to say this. I, I've talked to guys that have hunted with people that have hunted in an area for 15 or 20 years, and mm -hmm. they have their style, they have their way, and they're not productive um, right. <laughs> you know, and yet they are mentoring people, but not necessarily. So before you select somebody, and, and when I say learning from a guide, so there's different kinds of guides. And so there's guides, there's mentors. And so we're going to use guide as somebody that you're paying for. Paying, right. They're a professional. They're a professional mm -hmm. elk hunter. And they, they are either going to know the place that they hunt or they're going to know the animal or they're going to know both you know oh. both man you are in high yeah. cotton right there right yeah, yeah. because that's why it's so important to do your homework and find yes. out who they are mm -hmm. you know and and get ask for references man don't go spend five ten thousand dollars on a hunt you ain't you ain't asked for references 
Sure. You know, and not just sure. all the good references either. You know, look them up. You know, there's outfitters now are subscribing to different, uh, different, uh, you know, pub publicity, like, uh, they're, you know, social media is a big thing and, uh, you know, look them up on their social media and stuff like that. You'll find out who likes them and who doesn't the whole nine yards. Right. And if you That's find it. a few negative, you find a few negative comments, look, you just have that discussion with them. I mean, not everybody's going to like everybody, you know, but, uh, if you do your homework, you're going to be a, a whole lot better off. That's an excellent point, Gilbert, because yeah, it's true. I mean, you, a, a guide, may be your second best option if you don't know the species or the area that you're going to be hunting in. Um, but then again, to your point, Gilbert, you know, you know, the, the behaviors, the, the demeanor of the guide, um, you know, the relationship that you may have with the guide during the hunt is super important. And uh, if that, you know, we don't all like everybody and everybody don't like us, you know, right. so it's just, it can take... It can take a hunt south pretty quick and, and, sure, and, a, and sure. a crappy experience for sure. Sure. So. I, I'm, you know, the late Carl Gamage would tell you that a cook means everything on a hunt. You know, a cook can make a real bad hunt really good, <laughs> and a, it can make a real good hunt really bad if the cook's bad, you know. Well, and that, and that's, the, that's the other thing that I want to make sure that we're clear about because – when you were you were talking about that there's all different levels of guided hunts there i mean there there's there's guided hunts where you know they're dropping you off drop camp and they're telling you what areas are the best mm -hmm. um there's somewhere a guide is just going to be in camp with you and they're going to bring their gear and they're just going to guide and you're supplying everything there's you know so there's all kinds of different levels of that i i think when somebody asked me the question, would learning from a guide be better for the first timer? That's always a tough one for me because I always want to ask them, what is it that you want out of the hunt? You yeah. Know? Right. And that's, I, and I think it's also, question. yeah. And I think to, to your point, uh, Joe, real quick, I think you touched on something that everybody that is going on a guided hunt or any hunt. Right. Uh, needs to do and it's to set clear expectations so make sure you fully understand what you're getting into ask all the questions up front and uh, understand don't assume anything you know right. uh, it, it's questions as simple as um look after the animal is killed would you help me retrieve it uh are you going to help me clean it is food included well, yeah, uh, accommodations and all, I, I mean, just clear I expectations, that, Luis, but I, I mean, when people are asking between a guided and a DIY, mm -hmm. it depends on what kind of hunt they're looking for as well. What their expectations are. Is it something yeah. that they want to accomplish on their own? Is it something where they want to develop that skill set? Is it something where yeah. they want to do all the legwork and all the learning and, mm -hmm. and all of that and, and just, and say, I got it done DIY, right? Right, and, right, right. And we're going to talk more about, you know, because like I said before, it looks different for somebody that's a resident, non-resident. You guys are thinking from a non-resident viewpoint, but for a resident that lives in an elk state in a mountain state, you know, for them, they get the, the opportunity to be up in those hills a little bit more. They can 
go up and do a lot of that. They're not coming from some place where, you know, I, I know when I came from the east to Albuquerque, New Mexico, I never in my mind, I mean, where I live, you can't see a house 200 yards away because of the trees, right? You know, mm. it's, and I never envisioned where in New Mexico, I can see for hundreds of miles, you know, yeah. looking from I'm some free, places. Yeah. So I, my perspective was not able to take in what it was like when I came out west. I mean, it's the same for, you know, Chad, when you went right. back east, it was just like a totally different feel, you know, uh, how it was, you know. And, and you've had a chance to travel a lot of different places. So I think you understand what I'm talking about as far as perspective. But what's your viewpoint on the whole guy DIY thing, Chad? Well, I think a lot of it is, is a type of hunt you want. You know, I know when Gilbert first came out, he wanted a real Western elk hunt. Right. You know, with a, and, you know, he it, he had an all-inclusive, I guess you might call it. But in, in the early days, uh, you know, Carl wouldn't let any vehicle get up on top of the area. He had to walk up there. Right. And wow. it was, you know, he had to grind it. I mean, it was a, a real tough hunt. Ooh. And, uh, you know, and, uh, I know that, uh, back at camp, when you guys would sit down and talk about the day's hunt, you know, Gilbert listened to your hunts and he wanted you to guide him, but he knew that he had to get, uh, if he was going to get you as a guide, there are certain things he had to do, you know, physically, mm -hmm. but you know, he was like a sponge. He's, he's always learning. And if you want that, uh, the satisfaction, the complete experience, you know, uh, Getting a quality guide right off the bat is the best thing that you could possibly do because you're learning from somebody that knows the animal. And in your case, you knew the area also real well. Right. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, like your hunts at Vermejo, that it includes everything. It's basically a, a vacation. And I know there's some good hunters that go out there and they're also looking for that same experience. And a lot of times they may not get it because it's such a, there's so many animals on that ranch. You know, it's a little bit different. Uh, they may not learn as much because they don't, they don't have the same difficulties, uh, you know, like the, the lower end, you might say. So, uh, so that's a, you bring up a real good point there. And, and what I wanted to say too, is when people talk about, DIY versus guided is sometimes it comes down like for example there is no way in Hades this boy was going to be able to afford a guided hunt I, I my wife would have skinned me alive to pay for a guided hunt you know where I was at my income level with the family and everything like that so DIY was what I had to look at right now the the thing is is um can I do that and be successful well, we're going to answer that question, and we're going to answer a lot more than that. Guys and gals, we will continue with that topic right after this message. Grinders tuning in, thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Elk Hunting Podcast. Our goal is to share our knowledge and help you flatten that learning curve so that you too can have some of the 
very same incredible experiences that have given all of us here at Elk Bros a lifetime of memories. If you like what you hear or see, you can get all of this information plus so much more from our Base Camp Elk Hunting Training Camp, the first in a series of online courses from our Blue Collar Elk Academy. Our Base Camp Training Camp allows me to use my coaching style and share almost 40 years of elk hunting experiences successfully hunting elk on public lands as well as over 20 years guiding hunters of all ages and experience levels. This course will be like nothing you have ever experienced in concept and structure using success-based coaching techniques that will elevate your confidence and skill sets. Our camp will prepare you specifically from that final moment most in your control, those final minutes or seconds the elk is in front of you, backwards through each step and level, allowing you to see, visualize, understand, and relate every coaching point to what lies ahead head, the next step, the next thought process, the next success. Because y'all, you've already been there. You know what it looks like. By tapping my 30 years of teaching and coaching experience, our camps are developed considering multiple learning modes with text, visuals, audio, as well as video. And base camp will benefit those new to elk hunting all the way to the 10 to 15 year vet. So if you are looking for that one thing to help you fill that tag this year, invest in the most important piece of equipment there is, you and your elk hunting knowledge. You can find the Blue Collar Elk Hunting Academy and the Base Camp Training Camp at elkbros.com. That's E-L-K-B-R-O-S dot Keep dreaming of the screaming, believing in achieving, and most of all, keep grinding. Okay, so the question was, and what I was talking is, we were talking about how, for some people, they don't always have that option. And it just leads it right into that question that says, what strengths does a guide bring to a hunt that I couldn't? And again, now, if it's a cost factor, if it's a pride factor, if it's a work factor, if it's an accomplishment factor, again, that's what... That's where a lot of people have to decide between that DIY and that guided hunt. Or they don't even have to decide. That decision's made for them. It was made for me. That decision, I, I either had to get out there and get after it or, or not. But now, for those people, and I guess we're really looking at non-residents because when we look at a non-resident coming in, we're going to talk in a few more minutes about how some of those actual, some of those things, those considerations start to get a little bit closer, like cost. You know, my cost for DIY when I come out, what is that cost going to look like as compared to being guided, all right? Uh, because after I, you know, pay for all my travel, after I pay for my license, after I pay for all the prep stuff that I had to do, uh, my processing, to fly it out. I mean, sometimes when you look at that, Mm, things start to get a lot more even depending on the type of hunts that are available. If I got to pay somebody to haul my animal out of the hills. So that's some, some things that are in consideration there. That's why I say it's different for if you're a resident in an elk state, man, your choices, if you're going to do a guided hunt, that's really your choice because you have a lot more opportunity for a DIY out of state. Heck yeah, you have these days, um, just because of 
things like the internet, because of things like um, our academy, like Chris Rowe, like um, Paul Medell and the Elk Nut. Yeah, I mean, your opportunity now for success as a non-resident really goes up now, and we've seen guys approve that. But understand that across the nation, the success in the archery season, that success point is right at 10%. I would say in rifle, I would say about 24% uh, across the nation. I don't have the factual number on that, but I'm saying that whereas now, how does that differ from guided hunts or having yeah. somebody to guide you um and and there's different there's on public land and there's on private land that we're going to talk about so let me ask you what's the difference between uh or what strengths does a guide bring to the hunt that an individual couldn't bring just the knowledge of the area joe you know the the vast knowledge of where they're hunting uh the core the query that they're hunting i mean you know, the elk in general, if you have never hunted an elk. Uh, for the first time, right? Yeah. For the first, first time. time. Yeah. You've never hunted elk for the first time. I mean, they're amazing critters. It, it, the knowledge of the area is so important because the weather's going to change. The season's going to change. All of these things, the guide's going to know, man, we got a wind coming from this area. I know exactly right. what these 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 elk like to do when we got that win, right? Um, they know where they frequent. Um, I just feel like they they give you a leg up starting quicker, uh, and especially if you're paying for it, right? Yeah, behavior so, the yeah. behavior of the animal. Uh, if they understand yeah. that, that's that's key for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think I think knowing the animal, uh, I I think is is huge. Now that and not, calling, I mean. A guy's going to bring, you know, a skill being set. able to call. If you're, yeah, he's going to bring a skill set. I mean, if you guys are hunting during the rut, bow hunting, uh, he's going to have a skill set that's going to be able to get you close or bring them close to you. Um, you know, we always talk about that, you know, as guides. Uh, you know, I guide down here whitetails and different different things, fishing. I've done it, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, so we always talk is what's really the success point? you know, from a guide or from an outfitter? Is it meat on the ground? You know, or is it a big bull hanging up? Uh, for me, as, as I've gone through this uh, evolution of elk hunting, it's about opportunities. Right. right. For me. And and if, if we got opportunities, I feel like everybody's done their job, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and job well done, right? Up to us as the, as the hunter to close the deal. Right. Uh, nobody that's ever guided that's had a guy miss two or three times. That guy did his job. He got you within where you needed to. You just didn't finish. Right. So I think those are some really key points that need to be brought up when you're hiring a guide or an outfitter is, OK, look, if it's you, know, is there a blood rule where, you know, hey, I, I shoot something nicking we're done, I'm going to the house, or, you know, if, the, if you feel like the bull's fine, are we going to keep hunting, right? Um, those are really key things that you need to be real clear on, like Luis said, you know, manage expectations and, and, uh, and have conversations before you get there. Well, Manano, you're a, a real um, proven the hunter. Bud. Oh, you know? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> a very proven hunter. Um, in fact, uh, you know, Manano's a hundred percent 
the last three years in elk hunting, man. I mean, this guy has just uh, tore it up 100%. So what strengths do you think a guide brings to a hunt that you didn't bring? Because you definitely brought the shooting ability. You definitely brought um, a hunter's uh, knowledge. Yeah, mentality. Mm -hmm. So what do you think a guide brought that you didn't? Well, uh maximize uh, maximizing the opportunity to be close to an animal of this magnitude it's it's a huge thing that i didn't have at that mm-hmm. time and uh uh having the opportunity to have a guy with you uh will definitely help you uh way better calling. way better yeah and, and if you're hunting elk uh i mean i i i didn't know how to even cow call back then mm-hmm. and and that's that's a huge part of the hunting if you are hunting elk uh and and you said that uh, a hard question would be the expectation of a hunter uh paying a guy i think it's a, an easy question joe because if you are willing to pay a guy you are uh you are trying to close the deal you are trying to get to harvest an animal uh go, going going far from the point of uh, view of Luis, uh, yeah you have to you have to set up the the expectation uh really well but uh my expectation was uh to harvest an animal yeah. and, and and honestly my expectation was just to have fun Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was my, my, my true expectation back then. But when I, and learn, and learn. When I went and, learn. and learn and to learn all those, those uh, skill set that, that Joe uh, showed. And, and, and Joe, it's, it's, he's, he's not a guy. He's a coach. And, and, he, and, he will, and he will let you know as soon as you get into the L camp, he will he would listen he would watch your behavior and then he would go with with his coaching you know way to to to, to teach you the, the 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 skills and stuff and then and if you are going uh if you're paying a guide hunt uh i think you're gonna be in in, in way better opportunity to, right. to harvest an animal I mean, it's a, it's a whole different deal. Especially if you're, you know, the the thing I, you brought up a great point, though, is that if you are coming out as a first-timer and you're getting a guide, and I'll tell you this, because, you know, when we talk about the question of can I afford it, because for me, you know, all of us are grinders. All of us are working hard for our money. All of it's important. We all have different levels of pain when it comes to what we have to spend, right? So, um, you know, when we talk about the cost differences and stuff, what I always tell guys is if you plan a DIY hunt and you come out and you look at what the cost of a guided hunt 
And I'm not talking, you know, like you said, there's all levels. I'm not talking about lodge and all of that stuff, three-star, five-star, whatever. I'm just talking about getting where you can get a guide in a camp or even a, a drop camp in an area where they give you an idea what's going on. Um, or uh, maybe that's a drop camp with a two-day pay for a guide and you do the rest. There's all kinds of buffets with that, you know. But the the point, you need to look at well, what does that cost for me? When I do all my costs for going out there, what is that versus what um, that guided hunt is? If it's that comparable, if it's a few hundred dollars more, you know, am I going to have a better experience? Am I going to learn? Is that something that I can look at now? But that said, devil's advocate is not all guides are built alike too. So, mm-hmm. you know, some, you know, there's a lot of guides that are a lot like a lot of teachers. You know, when you come into my class in English, I was paid to teach you English, not to be your mom, your dad, do your cleaning and all that stuff, right? Well, there's some guides as well that's like, you know, hey, you pay me, like Gilbert said, to make sure you get an opportunity, you get your opportunity, I've done my job. It's not for me to teach you how to hunt necessarily, right? right? But you will. If, if it is you, you will. Yeah, but, yeah, but that's what I'm but saying. Again, it depends on the person. It depends on the guy, right. Yeah. So if, and if I've you... had the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right, Beto? <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> so if, if, you're going to, if you're going to pay just because you're saying that it's a fir- you're a first-timer and you want to get experience and you want, that, you want to learn from that person, well, let's say you did that. You went out there and you, you did that, but you didn't learn enough. Does that mean you're going to have to go ahead and keep doing that to get there? Or at what point are you going to be comfortable if you want to do a DIY? Um, Again, these are things that you have to think about. So will you have more success for a guide? Chad, what do you think with a guide? Will you have more success? uh, Would you rephrase that question again? Would you have more success with a guide and let's say let's separate private land from public land okay well then doing a diy right yeah again like we've been discussing a lot of it's the guide yeah a lot of it's the guide you know there's some nightmare uh guides out there that are just thinking about the money and and uh, going through the motions and it all comes down to flattening that curve if you have a good guide you know, he's going to teach you stuff for the DIY hunt is something that you're going to be able to do in a short amount of time. Uh, but that guide is really important, you know, and you also need to know if he's going to help you gut and help haul that uh, elk out. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not sure all guides do that. You know, I know that's one of your main jobs up in the, up in the ranch, but that's the big bucks too. But uh, but generally it is. It's pretty much you're paying for that expertise, and you know that's another. Well, you would thing. expect it. You would yeah. expect that, but you never know. <laughs> when, when we talk about the strengths that a guide brings to the table, I mean, uh, a guide can do in a quarter of a time with an elk, but it's going to take most people to do when it comes. Yeah. To, oh yeah. Yeah. Getting yeah. getting that elk done, you know, like that. So. And, and look, I think I think it's something important to bring bring up as well. Um, just as Chav was talking, I kind of thought about it too. Um, you may have a really nice guide, but if your approach 
to that guide is to treat that person as a servant mm-hmm. and, and to be, uh, you know, a, have a, a different demeanor towards that person and disrespectful at some level, that guy is going to close up and not going to will, uh, it's not going to open up to you. I mean, it just, you get, you get also sometimes what you, um, what you transmit, I guess, if yeah, you can say yeah. it that now, way. Now, now that you mention it, I feel like being treated <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Manano, but that's the problem. You're not yeah. a guide. <laughs> you are not a guide. The, <laughs> I guess the guide can take you on a 20 mile hike. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I'm, I mean, I'm going to tell you right now Carl Gamage used to say this. He would tell you, I cannot guarantee you that you will kill an elk, but I can guarantee you that you, that won't. you won't. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you act like a turd. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he, you, he you, would tell you that a lot of the relationship that you build with your guy is going to depend on you as well. So, oh, you oh, know, yeah. and, and, and it, it goes both ways. I think it's what I'm trying to say. I mean, Joe, one day he really wanted to kind of, you know, mess with me knowing, knowing that I was in bad shape and he wanted to go up <laughs> in, in pretty steep hills. And guess what? He stepped on a burn area and slipped. And I told him, I said, see, that's karma right there. You know? Karma is the beach. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. That was do you, really do funny. you think we could say, do you think it is, I think it's fair to say um, that the success rate on guided hunts is higher than the success rate on DIY hunts. Would you say that? I think so. Yeah, I would, I would, I would yes. think it was. It I would think forty percent better. I would think it's would forty agree. or fifty percent. Yeah. Because I, I know on rifle, and, and again, now that again is guided hunts on, on private versus public. I mean, because there's a difference yeah. on that. And there there's a lot of guide outfits that make a living knowing the area in certain public lands, and they only guide that. So um, they're going to help you out there. But, okay, so DIY. DIY. What is DIY going to bring you then that maybe uh, a guided hunt doesn't then guys let's i mean because a, it's a sense of a really guide, guided hunt Dude. heavy let's go to the diy what's it going to bring you that the guided hunt's not going to bring incredible you? sense of accomplishment for sure yeah. that and less cost less cost yeah yeah uh absolutely on the less cost and it again that depends on the the formula right but yeah, yeah i mean in other words I could probably, if if I did a guided hunt, um, I could probably do that uh, depending on what my situation is. That might be once every five years. Once, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. With, with something like that. Um, yeah. Where with that same amount, I could probably go uh, every year those five years, or I could go every other year. Um, if I'm out of state, right? Uh, being able to do that now for a resident, it is definitely, definitely going to be a better opportunity. And you know, when we said, "Is is it more? Can you be as successful on a DIY as a guided hunt?" I want everybody to understand something that um, you're hearing. You're hearing me talk now as somebody that's been guiding now for 25 years. Well, I'm 58 years old. There were 20 years, there were 15 years that I didn't guide, that I was just like everybody else out there. And, you know, uh, killing elk, killing elk, you know, on a do-it-yourself hunt. 
And so when, when I look at success rates, I really, look, I truly believe, and I want every DIY hunter to listen to this. I truly believe any single one of you can go out, can find a place, if you do your homework, if you learn the skill sets, if you get yourself ready, if you learn how to talk the talk. In other words, you have to develop the skills, and I believe that any one of you can go out and kill an elk. And I truly believe that. I am, I'm, this is not, I'm not blowing Yuma up your rear end there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I totally believe that because, and you do not have to have the best gear on your body. You do not have to have the best food. All of that stuff, yeah, it makes a situation more comfortable. But like Luis said, you know, that sense of accomplishment. Now, at the same time, Luis, I don't think somebody that's on a guided hunt after they take an animal feels any. Oh, no, 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 no. By any means, I, yeah, I didn't want to, with that comment, I don't want to undermine the other types of hunts because it's always going to depend of what everybody wants, right? Mm -hmm. If you're an extreme hardcore person that, you know, putting putting the economy factor aside, if you're an extreme hardcore person that wants to take the biggest challenge, a DIY uh, is probably the biggest challenge, and the sense of accomplishment uh, for you will be greater because you're gonna you're feeling you're doing it in a hardcore way. I mean, so, there's the what we do by all means in my eyes is as hardcore as it gets, <laughs> but doing what we do by myself to me is like another notch (laughs) i'm going to ask that question and and chav i want you to listen to this question because i'm going to ask it of the mafia here and i want to hear their answer and then i'm chav i'm going to ask you to answer the question manano luis could you now the two of you go into the elk woods and get it done yeah absolutely absolutely and we and and we haven't we haven't done yet. I mean, the the the, the close the deal killing an an elk uh, yet. But last uh, two years ago, Louis Louis last year wasn't it? No, no, two years ago. Okay. Uh, he called in a bull. Yeah, last, and I yeah, missed last, it. Oh, you're right. Last year. Last year. It was when Chab was. Well, okay, yeah, last, sick. yeah, last year. Uh, I, yeah. I, yeah, he's I, thinking I calendar last, years. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he he called in a bull. Lawyers, a they're bull. good at Latin, but they suck at math, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, they learn the Latin so their math can get better. <laughs> numbers get better. Yeah. Real yeah. right. numbers get better. They, they learn the Latin so they can write whatever numbers they want. To yeah. Argue. yeah. That's what it and, is. Uh, okay, but I'm sorry. I, Go ahead. Yeah, no, no. Answering your question is, is the answer is yes. Uh, I feel we can get it done now. Uh, after what we have learned, uh, it, but doing it by ourselves, it would have been a way different experience. I mean, really hard to get it done. Really hard, yeah. nearly possible. Without, without knowing what we now know, 
yeah. through hunting with you guys, basically. Is what but the question was say. now, could you get it done? Absolutely, yes. I think yes. I, I truly yes. believe that we can make it happen. Chaff, could they get it done now? Uh, I believe so. You know, they, they've been learning uh, every time out. You know, they work on their weaknesses, and every year they just get uh, better and better. They could do it. They could do it now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think so. a lot, brother. Yeah. And they know our area really well. But I also know that if they were to get an OTC in another state, they would do their research. Oh, absolutely. You know, beforehand, and uh, they know elk behavior now. Uh, yeah, I I don't see them having any problem. You know, I think they would do a good job. Uh, minimum two people, because you always need that help. You know, hauling the animal out. Right. But, uh, these two guys can haul out. Well, Luis can haul out. Uh, what six animals? If he had to. <laughs> <laughs> in two days. Yeah, but, but both of them are, are workhorses. They they would do it, could do it pretty easy. I think anybody in this group could uh, could do it. Yeah, and and you know that um, really for us as coaches, the sign of the true sign of us doing our job is that the guys that we work with should be able to do what we've done. In other words, I think you guys are ready to mentor and teach and coach. I mean, Gilbert's all been doing it for years now, yeah. you know, uh, his skill set. That doesn't mean he's, he's not learning each year. He learned something. All of oh, us, man. all of us. For real. Yeah. yeah, man, we quit learning. We, we, we've yeah. uh, quit being, we quit being dangerous. You know, we get complacent. And uh, that, there's no place in the elk woods for complacency. Right. I agree. Yeah. And and you guys that are listening out there, um, so if somebody was to ask us, ask me, guided or DIY, again, remember what I said. That depends on what you what? want out of the hunt. Yeah. And, and what your expectation is, what you're looking for. If you're looking for that intimate close experience with nature um, where you're grinding and you're battling it then it's DIY if it's where you want to go and have somebody tutor you a little bit uh, because you've struggled understanding the animal understanding the skill sets you need somebody to get that better picture uh, boots on the ground then you can think about a guided hunt you know but for those of us out there that that that's not an option to think about and we've got i mean honest to god that you can hunt out of state you can hunt out of state between fifteen hundred dollars and two thousand dollars um as a non-resident uh if you do everything right and you know you you uh uh and you, most of you guys that are out there you already have hunting gear most of you are already deer hunters and turkey hunters you already have equipment you know uh and and those types of things so you know that that's the thing that i want to tell you is it's what you are looking for to get out of it and understand that either way can be a tough experience. <laughs> it it yes. sure can. It's elk hunting, right? And elk yes. are where yes. they are. What one thing I want to say is that we haven't talked about outfitters. We haven't talked about guides. We haven't done any of that. What I, what I want our listeners to know is they can always send us a message. You can you can uh, email me at at uh, Gilbert at elkbros.com if you guys have a question about an outfitter about a state. Uh, and you need need some information. 
I work with several different outfitters that can help you. And these are reputable people. Uh, I would not turn anybody on to something that was not reputable, right? So uh, our, for all our grinders out there, if you're looking for something like that, please reach out to me. I'll be glad to help you guys. And, I, and I'll tell you, too, there's stuff out there to help you. Go hunt. Um, there's different um, there's different forums or different places and a lot of recommendations. Today, the Internet changes the game. So, Definitely. Uh, and social and, media changes right and and again don't don't think that all diys are the same don't think that all They're guided not. hunts are the same there are all different types styles formats and levels so um do your homework get something that fits what you're looking for and that yeah. helps you as much as you need to help be helped okay yeah. be, and, be, I, and like i said we'd be glad i'd be glad to help our listeners if they have any questions please reach out to me i'd be glad to lead you in the right direction and and i'm going to tell you something else too is that uh, i've been in that quandary right now about a moose hunt up in uh north you know going up in the outside either in canada or in 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 alaska, alaska. And, and you know it's it's a tough choice between a guided hunt or me doing it diy and and it all comes down to um it all comes down to it it comes down to affordability for me and a lot of times guys it comes down to fear it comes down to fear of the unknown and um (laughs) and there there's ways to again mitigate that and there's a lot of good people out there to talk to um I, i think our hunting community is just fantastic and you'd be surprised at how many people that we have either text us on Instagram or send us emails and stuff like that. And we do our best to communicate. Just if you ever bump into somebody that I've given a phone call or answered emails or, or replied to their Instagram, and same but with these other guys, man, they're always showing me uh, stuff that where they communicate. We are just like you. We love to hunt. We've got questions about things. We're human, and we can all help each other out in this world doing that. Okay? You bet. Elk Bros Mailbox, y'all. For the Elk Bros Mailbox, we've got Chris Stevenson uh, from Danville, California. California. Yeah. So he says, hi, I always hear hunters talk about their layer systems uh, when hunting the rookies. The Rockies, dude. The Rockies. The Rockies. Rockies. What's that word? Rockies, right? Uh, Yeah. I got to correct this guy. Oh, yeah, please. Go ahead and continue reading, Manano. All right, let's go. You're you're good. (laughs) Looking into it, there seems uh, that it can be a big investment in hunting apparel apparel alone. Apparel. (laughs) No. (laughs) What type of layering systems do you use, or what would you recommend that wouldn't break the bank? Man, that first light stuff Joe's been wearing with the merino wool underlayer. That's really good stuff, and uh, I'm, I'm pimping uh, the bird's eye material on the Vacru camo right here, baby. Uh, it's a great bottom bottom layer. It wicks that moisture away from you, uh, but definitely layers is all about hunting in the Rockies. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. Guys, you guys, and listen, for us fat boys like me, I sweat in just waking up in the morning putting my boots on. So <laughs> when, it's, when it's negative 30 in the tent, I mean, I'm going ahead and sweating. So look, for me, less is more, guys. I always bring a little pack with me uh, so I can put 
uh, my my heavier gear back in the, in my pack because it ain't gonna take me long. When Joe's dragging my fat butt up that mountain, <laughs> it ain't long, and I'm I'm ringing wet. I gotta take stuff off, you know. So and that's even at 25, 30 degrees up in the mountains. So, and and I'll um, tell you the the key when you're layering is not to wait to peel. As soon as you even start I to feel your body warming up, you stop and you peel a layer, go. man. You know, keep yourself at the right temperature. And for for those of you guys, look, he he mentioned first light, the merino wool. I I look for that on Camo Fire if it's on sale. Um, anytime I can find something like that, a thin, you know, uh, because if you're hunting and you're moving. Anytime you get up in the morning, whatever you put on to get warm before you hunt, before you step out to hunt, you better drop a layer because you're not going to need it once you start moving. What you feel like you got to warm up with in the morning is not what you're going to wear. You know, right. He's so, right. He's uh, right. And I'll tell you, if you, you know, I only started using Marina wool in the last two years because, um, it just wasn't something again that uh, was it was in my my scope, but I, I'll tell you for for if I don't care if you have a, a cotton t-shirt, uh, a fleece top on top of that, and uh, either a vest or a light jacket that breaks wind over top of that fleece. That fleece actually creates an insulation that that creates warmth, and you can just have a thin cotton jacket on top of that that will actually create that layer of warmth you can peel that uh if it gets a little bit you pull that fleece off if you're getting even more warm and then you can go down to the thin cotton i find that if you have that that cotton shirt uh fleece layer uh just a thin you know jacket just a what what you would wear on the outside long sleeve and if you peel that you know, as you go, any of those combinations, it doesn't cost very much, and it, and it works just fine. And another layer that I have is I use a poncho for a rain layer if I need it out there. So that's not the – now, I'm not hunting in Alaska with that. I'm not going to do that in Alaska, but here in New Mexico and some of these hills especially, man, with that warm time of year, it does not take a whole lot. And the key to not sweating is not moving too hard, but there's sometimes elk hunting, you got to get after it. It just is. You just got to get after it. If you keep the wind right, it really doesn't matter how much you sweat on that. And you, you guys have some incredible layers. I've seen some great stuff, but they're right. You can buy some of this stuff that ends up costing you a ton of money. The merino wool is probably one of the best bottom layers, but the truth of the matter is that they, they can be expensive. So you just kind of have to time it out and try to get good deals out of them. For me, the vest has been huge. I've worn a vest for the last five years, and I love that vest. Um, you know, mine's a core four element vest that I got. And uh, I've got several of them. I bought three or four of them in different patterns. Uh, I yeah. wear them when I'm when I'm deer hunting. Even I wear this by Crew Camo, my Core Four Element vest. Man, I'm good from you know 55 degrees, uh, you know, on up to 75, 80 degrees. And uh, you know, if I need to, if I, I have a fleece like pullover. I can if it's going to be below, you know, down to the mid 30s. I will put that fleece pullover the vest and then I'm ready to rock and roll. If I if I wear if I wear more than that, man, I'm hot. I I'm find telling. that the vest I find the vest is really a winner, man. And uh um as far as a lot of times your arms aren't what chill you, it's your body core that gets chilled. Right. So that vest really covers that body core and that and, and then keeping your head warm. 
you know, yeah. you, you, you all your heat comes out of your head. So you guys wear a real nice knit cap or something like that, or, you know, you got, got some Elk Bro swag you want to put on. We've seen several of our listeners <laughs> send pictures in with the Elk Bro swag. That's a real warm hat. Black soaks up the heat really good. Uh, I dig it. Chav, who's up next, man? Okay, up next is Archie Dixon from Grand Island, New York. He says, love the show and the camaraderie that all of you seem to have. Thanks for all you guys do. I have hunted with both the rifle and my bow, but never for elk. For someone that has never hunted elk before, would it be smarter to hunt with a rifle first in order to get your feet wet? What would you recommend to a first-timer? Depends on how much you love to bow hunt, brother. Yeah. yeah if, if bow hunting is your means to the end, if that's where you want to get to, I would say start right off with the bow hunt. I, I, don't, think, I don't think you're going to gain – uh, you know, elk hunting opportunities, at least for me, they're, they're limited, right? So if I want to maximize my opportunities with my bow, which is my preferred method of, of hunting, then I'm going to start off right off the bat with it because it's, it's, it's different. And I think, I don't know that you're going to be, uh, the opportunity with rifle hunting is going to prepare you that much more for the bow hunting. Uh, um, it won't cause it's different yeah, way to hunt. Different. Yeah. It won't, it won't prepare you. What it will do, though, is give you an opportunity maybe to get – you can harvest that animal at a further distance So, uh, from the rifle hunt. It really, again, depends on whether you want to harvest an elk or whether you want an elk hunting experience where you're bugling and calling bulls in and stuff like that. I think that's a bigger deal, right? If it's just about you going and taking your first elk, probably the rifle hunt's going to be more successful because I'm going to tell you, when you bow hunt an elk, it's – it is really a wild card, man, because, you know, it, it's hunting. Uh, anything can happen. You know, when we're, we're rifle hunting, we get 300 yards from one of them, you know, and if getting in the right position, you can you can score. So, for me, I think that the rifle hunt's probably easier, but if you love bow hunting and you dig the experience and you want to call them in where they're breathing fire in your face and look like a daggum Tyrannosaurus Rex, running through the woods that's exactly what you want to do go bow hunting baby and yeah. I, I think um a lot of archery seasons and rifle seasons so when you say which would be easier like these guys are saying that it'd be easier to harvest well that depends on when those rifle seasons are it depends on where they are and where you've drawn out to because it can be very hard to find an elk sometimes because of the way things are changing. So it is totally a different kind of hunt. There are times when it's harder to find an elk just because of when that rifle season is. And, you know, a lot of times it's feast or famine. And what I mean by that, the later that it gets in the year, once you get after October, now you're talking about bulls that are now bacheloring up and you have large herds of cows with you know with young bulls and stuff like that so when you find them there's going to be a whole bunch of them but it makes it harder to find them because they're not spread out so it's different it's a way different hunt and i i agree with the guys when they say it depends on the kind of hunt you want you know it is different hunting man that uh september hunt is way different 
than the rifle season. It's a different hunt. It's a different style. It's a, it's a whole different format. Now, if you're hunting rifle season in early October, then you have the best of both worlds because now you have bugling elk, and uh, it, it, that's half the battle. We always teach guys half the battle of killing an elk is finding the elk. So that's, uh, that's the key to that. So for me, uh, what would I re- recommend to a first-timer with whatever you're most comfortable with? If you're a rifle hunter and you're used to looking, spotting, stalking, and those types of things, then do that rifle hunt. If you're a bow hunter and you want to have that up close and personal, do your archery hunt. I agree 100%. Joe, as always here at Elk Bros, fantastic content this week. Uh, unbelievable. Again, if I could help with any of our listeners on a DIY or, you know, an outfitted hunt, if y'all got any questions, please light me up. I'd be love, I'd love to help you, especially for the upcoming 2021 season. Uh, it's Gilbert at info at, at, I'm sorry, Gilbert at elkbros.com. Uh, that's Gilbert at elkbros.com. Uh, guys, if you like what we're doing, please subscribe, rate, and review. You got to go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes to review us, and you can check out more elk hunting content at elkbros.com. Just a reminder, if any of our listeners would like to have their questions uh, aired on our show, just send your questions to info at elkbros.com. That's info at elkbros.com. And one thing that I've always uh, said, guys, is we appreciate you people and your support, and we are honored to death, man, that uh, some of you choose to go to our site, purchase our Elk Bros merchandise, get some t-shirts, get some hats, and I tell you what, we were watching a video the other day that uh, uh, Cole Wilkes did out there, and you're going to have to check out the Flatlander, go check out his channel, it's the Flatlander, and he had an incredible video on his hunt this year on a DIY up in New Mexico. And I'm sorry, they were in Colorado. And, you know, when, you know, they were doing the pictures and they were hiking out. And I saw this on the on the channel on YouTube. He's wearing the Elk Bro swag, man. And, and it was so cool. That was such an honor and so humbling. We appreciate you guys that go out there and they support and that support us because we're doing what we can to give you the most that we can. Yes, sir. Man, it's been fantastic. We got some really cool stuff coming up with the Mafia. I'm telling y'all, y'all are not going to miss these, want to miss these next shows. The Mafia has been in the house killing stuff. Luis has been out. My kids have been in Deer, Deer Camp 2020 all all week. We're down here laying them down. They shooting pigs. They shooting turkeys. They shooting deer. We're having a good time to chase away those elk hunting blues like that was on our previous podcast that we dropped. Guys, it's, it's been an epic week of watching Luis and Manano do their thing uh, in, in some undisclosed places. Uh, like I said, some really cool stuff coming up from the mafia. I, I, I'm telling you, the Venezuelan mafia been getting it done. Uh, some cool stuff coming from Joe and Elk Bros and Chav. I can't wait to uh, get the rest of this content out to everybody. But listen, guys, like we say from deep here in South Texas, we tell all our husbands, husbands, kiss your wives. Wives, kiss your husbands. Hug your baby. Keep your broadhead sharp and your powder dry. We'll see you next week right here on Blue Collar Elk Hunt. That's awesome, man. See you guys. Later.
Chuy. <risa>